when you're competing and you're trying to win, you learn more about yourself and you have more opportunities to learn more and, and improve. Welcome to Mastering Your Exit Strategy. I'm your host, Christine Trumbull, a certified exit planning advisor, CPA, and certified tax strategist. I've spent the last 30 years working with owners to grow and scale their businesses, and then went on to help my own husband grow his. After his passing, I moved to the next chapter, ensuring seamless transitions for family-owned and closely held businesses. Each week, we are talking to experts about growth and transition, so you can not only simplify exiting your business, but also get as much wealth out of your business as possible. Thanks for joining me and let's get started. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me again, Christine Trumbull with Mastering Your Exit Strategy. And today I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Bob Cox. So with a background in sales, education, coaching, and leadership, Bob has been influencing improved outcomes for teams and individuals his entire career. In 2020, Bob was compelled to employ his knowledge and expertise to impact other organizations. BHHC Consulting was born. He's passionate about helping you live in the tension of doing two things at once, winning and improving. His approach is pragmatic and principled. He uses tools that reveal insights about the personality makeup of your teams and that challenge you to consider the experiences, beliefs, and actions driving your results. A golfer and pet lover, I love this next part, Bob has a goal of taking his wife and two teenage boys whitewater rafting down West Virginia's Gully, is it Gully? Yep. River. Yep, Okay, I thought so. And experiencing five class five. Five class five <laughs> rapids before lunch. <laughs> Actually, when you do plan to do that, please let me know because I'd be happy to go with you. <laughs> I'll bet you would. No, I, I love rafting. Yeah, I love white yeah. white water. It's it's fantastic. So anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I knew this would be fun. It's it's already fun. This is great. We we try to keep it fun. <laughs> I I really um I have to stop and I have to back up for a second because I love I love the way you had that written. Um, helping you live the t- live in the tension of doing these two things at once, winning and improving. So yeah. can you can you expand on that? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's. It's important to me to balance them, but do both of them. So, you know, I want to win. I get competitive, uh, but I I don't look at it as the only thing that I'm after. It's not the only outcome in business. You know, the the revenue as a former salesperson, I would, it would go up in some years. It would come down a little bit, you know, the, the overall trend was up and I want that to be the case because that, you know, when you're, when you're competing and you're trying to win, you learn more about yourself and you have more opportunities to learn more and, and improve. Right. Uh, however, sometimes when we're if we're just focused on winning and it's only short term winning, we we can set aside the improvements that we might need to make in our business or in ourselves okay. because that's change and status quo will typically win uh, when we're under pressure and we need to do something uh, for the future. It's like, well, let's let's worry about that later. Let's right now. Let's just focus on winning and, and winning the order right now. And that and maybe is appropriate at times, but other times it's not. And 
So I think what happened has happened to me and has happened to clients of mine is that you you end up in this spot where there's you know there's there's a couple things pulling on you or maybe pushing on you in different directions and it's we got to get this order we got to win right now it's like yes but at the same time if I could bring this other person in that I'm trying to coach up to help us uh, move on in our business and succession plan or I don't know maybe exit like you help people do right. Why maybe let's take this opportunity and bring this person in. And now we're going to struggle a little bit as we do that. That's going to be, there'd be some consequences for that. Uh, but sometimes I've watched decisions get made that just keep delaying that development because it just doesn't fit right now. And right. what I think happens is people, I don't think I know what happens. I mean, look, Gallup has been serving people for a long time. Disengagement begins to happen pretty quickly when you don't allow people uh, to, to do those things that stretch them. Uh, and engage them in their own growth. And right. now it should be aligned with the results that the business is after. I'm not saying we're just doing this out of uh, charitable uh, goodwill. <laughs> this is, you know, we, we got yeah, a goal. Because we, we, we right? like everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's it's got to be both. And so, you know, the results have always been important to me, mm-hmm. just not at the expense of the improvements uh, and the development of people. Okay. Now, I, I don't have a lot of patience when I work with clients who, when you try to make those, those efforts to improve folks and you don't get a lot of return back on them, then you, I, as a consultant, I start to say, okay, I'm not sure that I'm a good fit. This might not be something you really want to focus on, but right. if I'm, if I'm getting that feedback and they're, they're engaged in it, then, then yeah, we can, we can do some things. I, I just, there's a tension that exists. You know, I, I've, I've coached lots of athletic teams. I've had leadership positions where, that tension uh, is very real for all of us that have done leadership. We know exactly what that feels like. And I, I want to help you live through that with some better information to make better decisions. Right. With that said, perfect segue. Thank you. Explain <laughs> to the audience what you and BHHC Consulting does. Okay, cool. I swear we didn't prep that. It just happened. Uh, that was, that was <laughs> one moment. Uh, so effectively, BHHC stands for Building High Performing Human Capital. It also has my initials BC in there, so I kind of fiddled with that and liked it. And then so I kept mm-hmm. uh, And what I'm trying to do is help you have sustainable human capital improvements and performance. I, I want the high performance to happen not just this year or while we had this person, but I want it to be something that's sustainable over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to work with organizations, and it's not just HR that I'm working with. In fact, oftentimes I don't begin with HR. I begin with a business leader. Mm-hmm. That is struggling with uh, a, a challenge when it comes to uh, I'm not finding the folks that I really think uh, six months into their their role here that they're really going to stick or that they're what I hoped they would be. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I'm not hiring for retention. Right. Uh, secondly, I've got people here and I've got gaps coming for leadership that man, I, I need some folks to lead, and I'm not doing enough to prepare some folks to lead. And what are the experiences I need to provide them in order for that to happen? Okay. Uh, and then lastly, sometimes what, what uh, conversations will kind of gravitate over time, Christine, to with clients where I, I use tools from organization analysis and design, their, their personality survey and their perception of, of your job and some job analysis questionnaire. I use some tools from them, but sometimes that has limits where it becomes a bigger issue of, I think we need to shift the culture. It's mm. not just personalities, but it's the organizational culture mm-hmm. that needs to change. And that happens. I mean, that, I've been in plenty of situations where that's happened to me, where I'm thinking, this isn't maybe the place for me. And right. maybe the leaders are seeing that. They're just not sure, what do I do next? Right. You know, how, do I, how do I get there? Right. So I'll use tools and, and my consultative experiences to help move things in that direction. Movement is what I'm very much interested in. I, I, I'm not interested in just 
putting turning the clock on to the meter so you can pay me and I can right. tell you things and then I can go away. I, that right. That really interests me. It's I want movement towards uh, we're, we're either hiring better for retention, we're developing people better for succession, or we're frankly just the culture is shifting. Right. Because we've decided we want to get new, a different set of results. You know, the, the old definition of sanity, insanity is that we're going to keep doing the same things. Right. And expect to get different results. So if we're going to try to get different results, then some, there are some things that have to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't mean everything changes, uh, but we're going to talk through how do we go about doing that? And right. so I use tools to help you get through that piece of it. Frankly, I just think that the biggest element of, of those change efforts are your people. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm saying anything that folks haven't lived or experienced. Well, I mean, and, and, and I have like four different thoughts and responses going on in my head oh. all at once. All of them are firing all at once because there's, there's so much in that. I mean, you know, one of the, in, in, in exit planning in, in my world, there's a concept of four C's, the four capitals and it's, and one of them is human capital. And if you can develop your human capital, you can develop your people, basically. Um, and, and, and your people are a, an asset and a capital asset. It's an intangible capital asset of the business. And it has value. If you have good people, the right people in the right seats, doing the right things, if everybody's on the same train going in the same direction, and you have an efficient and functional, um, cohesive leadership team, and if an effective leadership team, then you have then you have added a tremendous amount of value to your business, which when you're looking to sell is a huge deal. <laughs> and then when you're not looking to sell, when you're just trying to grow, these are the same people who are going to give you those returns on the, that investment. They're going to drive that revenue. They're going to drive that bottom line. They're going to drive that cash. And if they're not effective, if you don't have the right people on the right train, it's not going to work. And if you don't have a leadership team that's effective, you're creating that. Now we're moving into my next thought, that culture that is dysfunctional. And you've got an owner running around going, why am I putting out the same flipping fires every day? (laughs) Why why are these people asking me the same questions every day? You know, it's, it's Groundhog Day. (laughs) and and there's so many owners that don't i there's a book back there on my shelf somewhere that i i have tried looking i can't find it i know it's somewhere but it's about culture and one of the things that i absolutely loved about it was you know owners are like oh you know culture blah 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 it's a it's a you know it's a soft thing it's you know why do i need to pay attention to it sure well because if you have you know if you have an organization that is super competitive, high performing, go, go 24 seven. Um, you know, their life is making money and that's okay. And they're good with that. Oh, I have a bug. Sorry. And then you try to, you know, you try to bring someone in who's very lifestyle focused, wants to work nine to five, not money driven. You're going to have a conflict and people are not going to be happy. And when people are not happy, <laughs> they don't yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't generate money for you. So I love how you you said something <laughs> shifting culture right. Right. to drive that different set of results. Right. I, and I guess what I'll suggest is that it's not 
enough for me just to say, let's shift our culture because people don't like it here. Right. Or, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 okay. Well, I, that might be appropriate and there might mm-hmm. be things you can do. I mean, I, I'm envisioning that we maybe we do some work and we figure out what our values are. Uh, we come up with a purpose statement or a vision and mission, and we post those on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't disagree with any of that work. I, I think there's some really important uh, benefits that can come from that. Sure. I get, I get distressed, however, if they're not pointed towards and aligned with what are the results we're after, right? then you could be doing a, a lot of work for not a lot of benefit. And then people, what that will do is further, uh, Restrict, not restrict, but it will it will cause your efforts at improvement and change. Mm-hmm. To, uh, it will, they will go backwards. People will go. Oh, that was just the flavor of the month. That you know, and, exactly. And, and really, nothing happened. We weren't really mm-hmm. changed anything. And mm-hmm. so, frankly, well, it takes a, a large degree of humility as mm-hmm. a leader and a leadership team to embrace, or maybe not embrace, but engage or confront. Uh, some of these realities, you know, the Stockdale paradox is uh, written about uh, plenty. I'm sure some of your listeners have heard about it, but I I've got a video be- on it uh, <laughs> in 2020. Okay. There you go. I'm going to go back and watch that one because I, I, I love that idea. And it's, yeah. it's, I think it's just truthful. It's, it's similar to that tension of opposites that I was mentioning earlier that, look, you're, you're I, I have to be willing to confront the brutal reality in front of me. Now, not right. all leaders that I work with want to do that, Christine. Right. I'm sure you have a similar experience. It's like, well, no, I'm just going to, no, that's not who we are. We're fine. We, we do. It's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to reveal some information to you and share some and, and make try to get you to think differently about this, right? Maybe right. have a different experience for you that reveals maybe your belief isn't quite what you thought it was. Right. And then after you, if you're willing to then confront it, then there's work involved mm-hmm. in making those changes and making some decisions. And it won't be just we as leaders coming out to the group and having a meeting. Let's have a meeting. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, let's have a meeting, but are we going to at the meeting, just tell everyone how it is. Right. Because we cannot coerce or compel or tell people to change their beliefs. Right. I don't know about you, but every time I've tried to do that, it, uh, I don't know. It, every time's <laughs> a little strong, but 80% of the time I either get major pushback or I get a polite nod and they just mm-hmm. passively aggressively go do what they're going to do anyway. When just, was the last time you spoke to your child? Um, 100%. Good example. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a perfect example. Right. right. So, you know, we're, we're, and this is part of the, the, the tools and um, the, the intellectual property that I'm using. I'm, I'm linked up with culture partners for mm-hmm. those folks that are listening. You see that their models are very straightforward and simple and really just it coalesced perfectly for what I've been doing anyway. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to help organizations do. And to get, at different stages in time, uh, the the kinds of folks in certain positions might need to shift. We might need different kinds of brains doing different kinds of jobs right. when we're at a certain phase of our organization's development. Okay, and organizations change and develop at different rates depending on the industries they're in. You know, some folks are in private equities behind them, and they're like, "All right, we got two years, so let's get this done." I've got a couple of clients right now that I'm working with, like, and things are just moving really fast all over the place. And it's like, wow, okay, I'm not sure you guys are slowing down enough to really effectively consider some of these things, but you're, you're definitely interested in anything that works, just works really fast. Right. But if we take a step back, if we're, if we're planning on being around for a period of time and we want growth to happen over that period of time, mm-hmm. we will get to a size where the realities will change for us and our size in the market, the size of the people that are working for us, the right. size of the decisions that have to be made. So there might be a need for folks being that are willing to take more risks, like a certain Christine Trumbull that I know, right? Who's willing to go do those kinds of things, right? As opposed to those who are more comfortable involved in the execution of the work. And, and let's make sure we get it right, right? And we need all of those people. Mm-hmm. 
but in leadership at different times, you might need a different kind of brain that's wired there. Well, it, it takes a lot of courage and, and humility for a leader to say, you know, I don't think right now I'm the right voice to be leading this part of the growth. So what I need is to bring someone in to do that piece of it. And, it, and if you look around at the larger corporations that have been successful, they're the, they're the ones that are able to do that. The leader is able to step back and go, this is not my wheelhouse. Right. I need to bring in somebody who is good in this area. Right. And, and I, and I've seen the tools that you use and it's like, it's scary accurate. I mean, <laughs> scary accurate. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's disturbing. <laughs> Isn't it? You know, when you're going, you don't, I mean, some, some of my reaction when I first took it years ago was you don't know me. That's not me. And then I said, Oh damn it. They do know me. That's exactly <laughs> who I am. And I'm a little exposed right now. I don't feel comfortable about that. Right, right. And once you get beyond, Hey, look, this isn't a, and, and none of what I'm using for the tools, is it a gotcha? You know, Oh, you must right. be really terrible at this part of your job. Right. It's just, look, I'm raising your self-awareness mm-hmm. uh, to the point that you can then make some better decisions and mm-hmm. you, you still I get distressed when I hear uh, some of the people I compete with, they'll say, well, if you're using a personality tool, you just need to find someone that fits the personality that you've mapped for that job. And if they don't fit that, just don't hire the person, get rid or get rid of people that are wired them. And they, you're not going to fire your staff. That's just crazy right. talk. It makes no <laughs> sense to me to do that. Right. Okay. There's many different pathways to success and it might be somebody leveraging their skills and experiences. They might be leveraging their knowledge and education and personality mm-hmm. is something they just kind of adapt a little bit to, to get right. it done. Okay. You can still have success that way. So right. what, what the language I want my clients to be thinking about is how do I leverage the dominant traits that someone just naturally has? Right. Okay. And then if I'm in a spot where that's not enough and as an organization, we need to now shift our culture, which I'll define as the experiences we're providing are people to change their beliefs mm-hmm. so that the actions they take are influenced in a way that it's going to drive the new results that we're after. Okay. okay. That's it's, it's how we think and act. That's right. in a very simple way. That's what I think culture is okay. right, well, that I want you to be thinking about uh, how, who are the people in what spots? Am I in the right spot? Or, or is there something we ought to be thinking about differently and mm-hmm. providing a different experience for my people mm-hmm. uh, in order to make the shifts occur? Because just right. standing and telling um, is not going to get it done. And I've, right. I've done that and it doesn't work. Right. It, it, it's, a, it's about managing, you said this, managing people to where they are, not where they aren't. And did you get that from the Gallup book? <laughs> I, I did not, but I'm sure I stole it from somebody somewhere along the way. Christine, yeah. and I apologize for not giving yeah. credit. It's another me. book on my shelf that I can't find right now. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it, it, I, but it's, it speaks to what you're saying it's you're not you're not going to inherently change who a person is so instead of trying to fix their faults quote unquote or the things that they're not good at why don't you play to their strengths and figure out what they're really good at and who they are and 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 play to that and help them develop that even better i mean you're going to spend time on on you know, if you if you try to spend time on on you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of something that um, yeah, it's not coming to me. Anyway, uh, you know, you, you're inherently not going to change who people are. You know, right. oh, you know, if you if you try to inherently make me sit behind a desk all day every day crunching numbers, guess what? I went insane. I didn't like it because that's right. not inherently who I am. 
Right. You know, so, and it's never going right. to change. I mean, I might get good at it. I did. I was okay at it. I made money right. doing it, Yep. but it drove, I went crazy. Yeah. Your, your level of retention and engagement wasn't good. There are probably some other spillover effects that you didn't like that were happening. Yeah. Like getting up yeah. from my desk, leaving a pile of tax returns sitting on the floor and going, yeah, I'll do that later. Although, you know, it, I, I was like a squirrel so often I was like, I got to get up. I got to do something. I, I can't, I got to go else. create yeah. something. Um, you and, and, you know, I tried, I stuck it out for a really long time. Mm-mm. You did. And, yeah. and you found your way to doing this really cool work you're doing now. Right. I, you know, you're making me think of that. It's, it's when, when you talk about this, what I've heard back from clients that have, have given me some skepticism or have been concerned, which I really like that. Uh, mm-hmm. It helps me understand better where, where they might be doubtful, uh, is, mm-hmm. It's like, well, Bob, are you saying that we just have to, well, that's the way they're wired. That's who they are. You can't expect them to change ever or do it. And there's no adaptation they have to make. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's not what I'm going to suggest at all. To right. someone. And that's, it's yeah. Good. And that's not what I'm saying either. Yeah. It's not what you're saying either, but often when we, when we have this conversation, that's mm-hmm. what some of the response we get from some folks is just that they think, right. well, you're just going to give them a pass on getting outside their comfort zone and, and having to say, no, not, not at all, actually. And if you're in leadership, Mm-hmm. What you'll hear from me with my clients is it's important for us to go first, <laughs> to do the first adapting. Right. Uh, I'm not saying it always works, but far be it for I, I don't I don't understand this mentality that maybe it's just from a different era or a different time that says, well, I'm a leader. I'm going to see if you can cut it with me. Right. I'm yeah. going to see if you can figure me out and if you can, yeah. then you can work here and have success. Yeah, that that's not going to get it done to keep people right. around and keep them engaged anymore. That's. I think there are some industries where maybe that works a little bit better than others, mm-hmm. uh, but people in general are becoming wiser to that. You know, this great reshuffling really, or reassessment that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is the, the silver lining. I mean, there's some, some awful things that have happened as a result of that. And I'm not saying it's all been great, but boy, if it makes us better as mm-hmm. leaders and as organization, organizations, when we think about how do we help stretch people, mm-hmm. but also uh, at the same time, align them, with where they could be the most effective, or maybe if we're going to stretch them, we're all very open and honest about this is a stretch uh, role right now for you. And Mm -hmm. it's going to take a year to two. And uh, we're we're well aware that there's some stresses that will happen for you that it won't be pleasant the entire time, but let's just be open and transparent about that upfront. Right. And then when we get through that tour of duty, if you will, then the plan is to move to other things, but you will learn so much from that experience that I think it's critical. If if your ultimate goal is this other role beyond that. Mm Mm-hmm. Those conversations are not easy to have right. uh, when you're in this competitive environment where people want roles and they want to win over someone else. Or mm-hmm. I think, well, okay, so then what is our culture here? Who, how are we going to think and act towards the results that we need? I'm going to need somebody in that ultimate role that you have an interest in later. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to require that you have this other experience, which I know won't be fun. Right? But if you're if you're interested in that, and I am for the future of this organization, I'm going to keep trying to win right now, but then I'm also going to invest. Right. in the development of you so we can get there. Right. And that is that takes planning and lots of communication mm-hmm. uh, and a culture that suggests what we believe around here is our people mm-hmm. matter. And right. they matter with respect to how we get them developed so we can reach the results that we're after. Excellent. Excellent. So, so how does this play out in a virtual world? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing a lot of these things now, aren't we? Right. All yeah. these, these video. Thank heavens for this technology. I don't know what we'd be doing if we we're just on the phone the whole time. That would oh, be a little. Gosh. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, lots of this, uh, you know, and meetings. Uh, I've been a fan of Zoom even I, when I started the business right around the uh, beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a Zoom user and Zoom has the breakout rooms, which is great. You can get into smaller more intimate, you can share more in those. So using that tool helps mm-hmm. when we're training folks. Um, however, I still, you know, depending on the client, I'm able to get in front of clients and, and have in-person sessions. And if you know how my personality is, I prefer that over the the remote for sure. Right. But I, I think it's it's an it's an all in type. It's like, well, let's try all the different um, avenues to get uh, interactions with people happening. And okay. Lots of one-on-one, sometimes on the phone, sometimes on a Zoom, sometimes mm-hmm. just communications that we're catching up with where I'm sharing some information so that someone can reflect on it. Right. Um, some in person, but I have clients that I'd have to get on a plane to go physically see them. And I don't often do that. So mm-hmm. most of the work I'm doing is through this medium uh, right. and through emails and things. And that works pretty well. And they're usually calling me or, or they're reaching out to me saying, hey, can we, I need to talk about this. Right. I've got this concern. So it has not really been an issue for me uh, in terms of it being a detraction from, from doing this work of developing human capital. And it, it, if I were coaching myself, which I, I'm coaching them via this, mm-hmm. but if I were a, you know, one-on-one with somebody that's a direct report of mine, even some of my clients though don't get a chance to do that in person, right? It's right. people, they're around the world, right? They just don't have that possibility. So uh, we, we do the best we can with the mediums that we have. So it, it can work. Mm-hmm. I prefer mixing it up and having uh, in person yeah. mixed in with the remote. Right, uh, but it, you know it, it still works. I'll, I'll put it that way. It still right. works. Do you think um, is this new virtual and or hybrid um, concept right. um, creating a challenge when it comes to culture? in companies or is it a non-issue? I mean, cause I've asked the question to a lot of different people. Some people are like, Oh yeah, no, it's, we, it, we don't have a problem with that. And then other people are like, Oh, we just, we can't, it's not working. Yeah, um, 100%. I've gotten the same thing when I ask my clients that very same question. And I think, you know, this will sound like a consultant, but it depends, uh, Christine, it depends on, and but it does. I think it depends on how much runtime have you had with this, mostly virtual world. You know, there's right. some clients of mine that are consultants again, that are all over the country and they've only ever known this way of interacting with each other for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what the big deal is here, folks. This is what we've always done, right? This right. is how we get this done. Right. Uh, and then I have others that are, they have a business that is, you know, it just flies where people come in and buy it from, from you at a counter location, right? And it's like, well, that's very touch, high touch, high engagement, you know, so now you're asking me to be remote. What, <laughs> how do I do that? You know, I don't right. I'm not sure that that's coming. So some and COVID forced more familiarity with uh, the, the remote virtual world. So I think we're all getting a little bit better at it overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then depending on the kind of work that you're doing, I do believe that culture is, um, it can be influenced and sometimes it's positive actually. Okay. Uh, when you're having to be remote, there are folks who are stylistically much more analyticals, fact-based, straightforward, and direct in how they mm-hmm. communicate. Mm-hmm. And if they're given more time to consider and analyze, and then when it's time to talk about it, we're jumping on a zoom and we're having that interaction then, and then they get to get off of that meeting and not be in an office where someone else could pop by mm-hmm. and interrupt them, right? That's really helpful for them. Okay, right. they feel better about the interactions that are happening. 
right. someone like me, as you know, I would rather, hey, 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 you got a minute? Let's talk. Can we brainstorm this a little bit? Let's talk this out. And and you might be like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe later, Bob, after I've done the five other things that I couldn't do because you interrupted me 20 minutes ago, right? You know, so um, you know, there's a style difference that I think to answer your question, it really does depend on types of, of personalities and then also experiences that organizations have already had with right. being remote and the nature of their business. Uh, but I don't think it's a death now. I don't, I don't think it requires it. Well, you can't change your culture in this virtual world. Uh, I think you can, you absolutely can. The, the work will just be a little bit different. Right. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. This has been fantastic and, and very enlightening and why well, it has, it's been good. Well, I just, it's good I'm, not, I'm laughing because I was like, I've been looking forward to this all day because I get to talk to you for a while and, and you know, <laughs> so there you go. I'm happy. Good, good. <laughs> So I am, as always, um, for the listeners, um, uh, your contact information and links are going to be in the episode notes. Okay. Um, I will also drop um, the two books that I um, can't remember the titles of right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll figure that out. I I will. They're great books and they fit very much. um, they, they, They truly fit to the conversation. Um, and, uh, and I'll also send you the titles of them. So if you haven't read them, you can. <laughs> and if you're gay, I, I would love that. Cause I'm always looking for more of that. I, yeah. uh, I, I will send you something that uh, maybe gets people to consider the, the results pyramid model that culture partners consider. And I'll, I'll send that to you. You can, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. That. And I can put that in the episode notes, episode notes as well. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much. So as always people, guys, Listeners, thank you for joining us today. And I really do hope that you found value in this episode. So uh, this is Christine Trumbull with Mastering Your Exit Strategy. Until next week, bye.